The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. The more the world changes, the more we find comfort in the things that never change. This is Rabbi Daniel Lappin, On Demand, on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Rabbi Daniel Lappin Show, where I, your rabbi, reveals how the world really works. And uh, one of the ways in which the world really works is that you do have to examine everything carefully and critically. For instance, is it not strange that whenever a young woman decides that she's fat, we say to her, listen, we, we, we want you to talk to a doctor uh, because you really aren't, you look wonderful, and you are, um, you, you, are, you are not well. And usually uh, eating disorders are treated not so much by nutritionists, but as by psychiatrists. In other words, what happens is that a perfectly proportioned young woman decides in her head that she's fat. And we don't accept that. We give her treatment. We try and help her solve that problem. And that's the normal, accepted way of dealing with eating disorders. However, when a man decides that he is a woman, why, we accept that immediately. And what is more, uh, when such a man competes against women, as happened recently in an international cycling race that took place in California, and the man who, by the way, when you look at him in the photographs alongside the women who won uh, position two and position three in the bike race, they look like women. He is a huge guy. His legs look like fully grown oak trees. And he towers over the women. And his name, by the way, is Rachel McKinnon, if you don't mind, because he said he's a girl. And he goes ahead and wins the race, and anybody who protested, and there were many, have been demonized and castigated as bigots and hate-filled people. Anytime anybody tries to suggest, hello, the emperor has no clothes, you can call that man whatever you like. You can change his name to a woman's name, but he's a man. And that is why he won the women's bicycling race. Not only did he win it, but he won it with a time that no woman in the history of that bike race has ever won it, obviously. But you see, if you ask why is it that when a woman thinks she's fat, we help her gain a more realistic understanding of herself and a more realistic picture of herself. But when a man thinks he's a woman, we accept it. The reason is because the entire progressive project is focused on extirpating the role of the Bible in civilization. Now, I know some of you are probably going to say, Lap, and come on, that's a bit too much. You know, you, you see the Bible under every bush. Well, I, I may do, but it's more like I see the bush in the Bible than the Bible in the bush. 
and the reality is that uh, it does underlie so much of Western civilization. And so the reason that the, uh, the woman who thinks she's fat gets treated appropriately is because there is no mention of that in the Bible. But in chapter 1 of Genesis, verse 27, it states, male and female, he created them. And that means that uh, there are two genders, not a binary, not a, not a spectrum, not a range, not multiple choices. Male and female, he created them. To which the progressive project responds, oh, no, you don't. If the Bible says male and female, then we will extirpate that. And if a man thinks he's a woman, that's wonderful, because we want to show that it has nothing to do with the way God created man and woman. That, that is the explanation. Uh, similarly, you might, you know, might wonder, why is it that um, uh, homosexuality and abortion are such incredibly important touchstones of the progressive project today? Why is it that those things are so important? And again, uh, the, the answer is because the Bible prohibits homosexuality. The uh, progressive uh, project is extremely negative on smoking, very hostile on smoking. That's because they can appear virtuous in doing so without affirming any biblical position, because the Bible doesn't say anything about smoking. The reason they can proudly uh, flaunt their virtue by insisting on reduced energy consumption, that's because the Bible doesn't really talk about it, although it does, and I've explained it uh, in other shows. But... Uh, why, why, why homosexuality? Well, because the Bible prohibits it, and so therefore it has to be something pushed by the progressive project. How about abortion? Well, uh, yeah, the Bible prohibits it. As a matter of fact, it's, uh, it's even more specific about that. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, I call heaven and earth to witness this day against you, that I have placed before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your children may live. Now, that's not hard to understand, is it? And because of that verse, the progressive project identifies so strongly with abortion that it becomes an almost sacred sacrament of the left. Nothing can ever come close to threatening abortion. Now, a few weeks ago, you'll remember that uh, I did this show together with Mrs. Lappin, and there was a very good response on that. A lot of people wrote, and uh, the place to send your response, by the way, is on our website at rabbidaniellappin.com. And we do read everything you write to us there. Anyway, a lot of people responded well. And so, with great glee and enormous delight, hi, Susan, welcome. I'm not sure you're going to be so glad I'm here because actually the first thing I have to say, and I, I just really feel like I have to do this, is correct something you just said. 
All right. Well, it was wonderful <laughs> having you, Susan. Thank you for visiting with us. And I can't wait till we can have you back again on the Rabbi Daniel Lappin Show. Now meanwhile, you sound like a liberal journalist. If meanwhile. you tell me anything I don't agree with, go away. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to shut you up if you say anything that contradicts. It's not even. It's not really a contradiction. It's just when you said when a woman says she's fat, that's a very, very um, bad shorthand for saying because what you're really talking about is a woman who thinks she's fat while she's starving herself to death. Yes, we're not talking about somebody saying, "Oh, I, I, I can't." Thought, no, that, I thought she's starving herself to death because she thinks she's fat. right. But there are many, many, many women who think they're fat. Some of them are. And there are many women, oh, but who then, but who also, act but who on are that perfect, or, or yeah, yeah, say, yeah. okay, I wish I was ten pounds or twenty pounds or no. thirty pounds lighter. This is not somebody who just is concerned about. I understand. It's that they're starving themselves to death because they see themselves as fat. Except you, who have absolutely no reason to feel well, that's that way. Well, that's very sweet. But I just think you have to be careful because when you say that, it okay, has to good. be clear that it's Got someone it. who's anorexic. All right. Uh, happy to have you on the show. Thank you. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on your future conduct <laughs> for the rest of the shows, really. Well, the reason, actually, on. I think that you asked me was because um, we don't go to the movies a lot, do we? I, I, it would be hard. I'd be hard pressed. I think the last movie we saw was Argo about the. Oh, that's a long time um, ago. But you're right. The, the hostage when the hostages were taken in Iran. I think that might be the last movie we went yeah. out to see. Yeah, that is true. However, I have actually seen a movie that you have not seen, and that's why I think you invited me to be a guest on the show. Uh, you invested one and a half hours yesterday in watching a movie that I think we both thought it was important that you see, and uh, we both thought it was important that we discuss uh, both in your musings on, the, on our website and also on this show. Um, the, the movie that Susan watched yesterday was called Gosnell, The Trial of America's Biggest Serial Killer. And um, first of all, uh, just a, a, a very quick summary. Uh, for many, many years, about 30 years, Kermit Gosnell in the city of Philadelphia uh, operated an abortion mill. Um, they were making, and to give you an idea, right, uh, just to show you the idea of numbers, uh, look, I have no objection to doctors or anybody else making a lot of money when they provide uh, services and, and earn that money honestly. But, um, and Susan, I don't even know if you know this, if this came out in the movie, I'm not sure, but um, he was making 15000 to $20,000 a night um, doing, per night, doing abortions. And apparently, uh, from what I know, and we'll talk to Susan in a moment, uh, during the daytime, he was operating it as a drug dispensary, tens of thousands of uh, oxycodone tablets a month, and in the nighttime, it was an abortion mill. And the number of people that, uh, the number of women who uh, had babies aborted there has to be incredibly high because it was, he was catering uh, to a poor part of Philadelphia, although people were being sent from many other places as well. But to make, you know, I mean, how much are you charging per abortion, right? I mean, what, $100? But uh, Fifteen to twenty thousand dollars of revenue per night on the abortion. So it was a huge operation. And um, from here, I think what we'll do is um, I will, uh, Susan. Let's, let's go to a quick break. Shall we do that? Okay. And then, and then as soon as we come back, uh, you will talk about the movie. 
I think the end, I mean, I think one of the things is you're going to hear from Susan is why you probably ought to see the movie. And um, certainly you want to know about it, and that you will from this show, but you probably want to see it as well. Meanwhile, um, we urge you to visit the website, rabbidaniellappin.com. Not only can you communicate with us right there, but you can also read uh, back episodes of Susan's Musings or of our Thought Tools or one of our most popular uh, weekly things called um, Ask the Rabbi. And uh, the, 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 the latest one is, is very interesting. This is a, 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 a husband and wife, and the husband's nephew, who's 24 years old, is staying with them in a small house. Um, to say the least, he's making the wife uncomfortable. And uh, she wrote to us, and we answered her on that particular topic. And then finally, uh, there is also a resource that we bring to your attention every week, and this one is Susan. The Genesis Journey set, which is really one of, I I think, one of the things we get the most feedback on. It's a total of eight CDs. It comes with four study guides, four programs on different parts of Genesis that will make you say to yourself, how did I ever not know this before? I've never studied the Bible like this before. It's really eye-opening, and it basically has the headlines, today's headlines, jumping off the page at you and say and where you get to say wow i could have learned this from the bible that this was going to happen so there it is rabbi daniel and uh, susan lappin and her husband will be back with you in just a moment hi everybody we're back i'm here together with susan lappin and we're talking about Gosnell, uh, the, the new movie that's out. And I, I want to uh, really hand it over to Susan, as she's the one who watched the movie, although it's something we've discussed extensively. And uh, she will provide a little bit of the background, and I will uh, ask her if there's anything I don't understand. Well, the first thing is why I watched it. And I think there are many people who are pro-life, who will say, I really don't want to watch this, and I get it. You know I don't watch movies with violence. I don't watch movies with blood. I don't watch movies that, I, I, those are not the movies I enjoy. You know, give me a good Little Women and I'll watch it, but I'm not interested in movies that are going to make my my um, spine crawl. Is that, what's the phrase? There's a phrase. Skin crawl. Skin crawl, thank you. Um and I am pro-life, so it's not that, you know, I, I still had to watch it because, quite frankly, as a citizen of a country where abortion is legal, I have to accept some culpability for that. In other words, if I and millions of people like me have not done enough to change this, and so there's a certain responsibility on me as long as this country still has abortion legal. Now, the point is that this is not, he was not convicted for being an abortionist. In other words, that was legal. It is legal. He was convicted for breaking the law. And so you could watch this and say, well, yeah, this is a bad, evil, crazy villain. But it's not, it has nothing to do with abortion. Maybe maybe an internist or a dermatologist or a cardiologist could also be a mad, crazy, evil person. 
and then you could do a movie about about them. And the fact is, you could. And you know what? It would be a major movie that would be reviewed everywhere, and and critics would rush to review it, and it would be highlighted because the idea of someone who's supposed to be saving lives, like a cardiologist, actually murdering people, is one of those things that titillate people. People would would want to know about it. So the real question, and and this does come out in the movie, is why when this trial was going on, did the press not only not rush to cover it, but they ignored it. They, they did everything they could not to cover it until, thank God for alternate media, they were kind of forced into it. And the, the movie, why, why are newspapers and media sites refusing to accept money for ads to run ads for the movie? There's a reason they don't want people to see it. Is that true? I mean, are you telling me that there are places that yes. will, that will advertise all kinds of things but refuse to advertise this I movie? believe that is so. I, yeah. That is what I've heard. Um, and it, yeah, it, 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 it makes sense. So why is that? Why don't they say, hey, this is a bad doctor? This is someone who took the Hippocratic Oath and who was putting themselves forward in public as someone who helps the public. And they're actually this either insane or evil, whatever you want to say, person who is murdering people in the back. And the reason people don't want to cover it is because he's not the only villain in the movie. And the other villain in the movie is, quite frankly, the pro-choice movement, because it's because of their political clout that he was allowed to keep this going for so many years. And Susan, before I ask you to elaborate on that, what you mean by that, um, I noticed in your writing, and I haven't had a chance to ask you privately, so I'll just ask you in front of a few hundred thousand of our closest friends. Um, I've noticed that you use the phrase pro-choice instead of pro-abortion. And I always say pro-abortion. I refuse to use the term pro-choice uh, because I think it is a euphemistic attempt. Oh, absolutely euphemistic. And there's been a wonderful, there was a wonderful one of these little videos someone went, where they went over to people and spoke about the government telling us what kind of light bulbs we could use and what kind of toilets we can use and what kind of lots and lots of things we can use. And everything this person was on the side of the government limiting what citizens could use. And then it ended with saying, but you call yourself pro-choice? In other words, this is the only thing that many people are pro-choice on. The reason I use it is because you I... Don't, you don't want to sound overly partisan. You well, want to sound I a bit think, more balanced. Look, this movie has to be... If this movie is only seen by people who are against abortion, yeah, it then it's not, it's not serving its purpose. And the fact is that I think people who are... I think there are good people who are pro-choice. Let's put it that way. I think, I think there are. Very, I think they're mistaken. I think they're misguided. But I think there are people who celebrate Roe v. Wade because they honestly, honestly, honestly see this as a good piece of legislation that saves women's lives and is good for society. Now, I think they, I really think they don't know all the facts, partially because the facts are suppressed. Anything that counters that idea is suppressed. But I think there are, are good people who feel that way. They're the ones who have to see this movie. Look, it's not going to change Chelsea Clinton's mind seeing the movie. But I think good people, it will, it, 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 it will make them highly uncomfortable 
And at the very least, it will make them, if they're at all honest, have to acknowledge that the lobbying and the political clout of those who call themselves the pro-choice movement has caused terrible harm to women and children. So explain what you said earlier, that the second villain in the piece well, is, the, is the pro-abortion movement. Um, well, the Dr. Gosnell, I don't even call him Dr. Gosnell because he doesn't deserve that title, but he was practicing in Pennsylvania. And Pennsylvania had a, a Republican governor, but who was pro-life which is funny because you really don't have that anymore. I mean, things have really split more, and this isn't that long ago. But he did not want to be seen as against, quote-unquote, reproductive choice. And so whereas nail salons and every other type of medical or close to medical having to do with people type of um, area had health inspections, for 17 years, abortion clinics were not being inspected, even when the health services got complaints about this clinic. They ignored them. So now, I, when you and I were talking about it, I commented. In fact, I, I, even, I even edited some of your writing on this, and I said, look, um, if there was a, uh, a, a dental office that was operating with anywhere near to close this level of unsanitary and, and disgusting conditions, they'd have been shut down in a moment. And the same would be true for probably, I think, even a hairdressing salon. Uh, but because nobody wanted, people tiptoe around abortion, they did Because you will get this. protesters against you and you will get lots and lots and lots of money being put against you if you have to run for public office. And you will be called terrible, vile names. And your family might be threatened. And that in itself should make people, uh, that part at least, should make people stop and say, wait a second, uh, the side that I think is the good guys, something's wrong. And that, that was clear. He was only allowed to operate and continue operating because the government refused to step in. And, you know, NBC actually did review the movie, I understand, and oh. they trashed it. And they basically said, oh, this isn't true, this isn't true, this isn't true. And I think for most people who want to believe it, they'll read and say, oh, so NBC says it's not true, instead of saying, well, let me go look. So, for example, they took a line, something in the movie that was directly out of a transcript, a police transcript. You can go and see the police transcript. And they said, well, that never happened. So they're lying. NBC, the NBC critic oh is God. lying, counting on the fact that people reading it will go, well, yeah, NBC. I mean, that's a news organization. But one of the things that happened is... Um, the they really the grand jury wanted, according to the person who who wrote the book and and put together the movie, they wanted to indict Gosnell on a hundred counts of murder, and the um, it was vetoed. The Philadelphia Police Department did not want to have a spike in homicides, and uh. so they so he ended up only getting charged only in the murder of three infants and the. Um, What's the phrase? The, ne uh, the negligent, negligent homicide in one woman. One adult woman but that yes. and and but that doesn't begin to explain yeah. what happened in the clinic. Um, last week, um, you might remember we we taped the show. You weren't on the show last week. I did it myself. But wasn't we, that relaxing mm -hmm. for you? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, well, it was a little bit, but but you might have actually saved me a spot of trouble had you been oh, there. Okay. Because um, uh, without going into why uh, it fits it in, why I mentioned it, I very briefly alluded to the fact that um, uh, pundits were saying that with the the current women's movement and everything that's going on, plus the ever more lifelike women doll, sex dolls that yeah. people are, are making uh, with artificial intelligence and everything, men are going to start preferring um, uh, what's artificial... Playing yeah. with dolls. Yeah, playing with dolls rather than with real women. And, uh, and I said that's complete nonsense because whilst obviously... Uh, such a doll can give a man pleasure. What's much more serious is that... That the man cannot give her pleasure. Exactly right. They can he can't receive, receive, receive yeah. pleasure. There, Susan, you're good. Um, so that's what I... I anyway, I, um, a woman wrote, and she was quite upset. And I, I sort of understand it. She said her children listened with her on the show, oh. and I, I might have been uh, insufficiently obtuse i should have been more i i'm saying myself i should have perhaps been a little discreet, bit, a more, bit discreet. more discreet on on the topic so with with that uh Kevin, with with being discreet um i want to take a quick break and then when when we come back i i want you you actually have to talk a little bit about the movie and um and yes, the movie shows jaws of uh, of I, pots I, and yes, and horrible, horrible we'll things. But that. His basement, his house, his refrigerator—these things were filled with the most gruesome and horrific things. Um, how is it even? Can you put yourself in the mindset of a pro-abortion woman? And how, what are you what are you thinking when you see this stuff? Or, or better yet, um, in the movie, they brought on a woman who does legal abortions, and she speaks. I want you to talk to those things as soon as we come back, okay? Okay, before we go, can I just tell people that I, as of this week, I have a Facebook page, Susan Lappin, the Susan Lappin page, where I post my practical parenting and everything else that I, our, our Ask the Rabbi, because I work on those as well, uh, my musings. So if people want to keep up with me, then I really would appreciate people going and liking or following or whatever you're supposed to do with those pages, that page. Um, Susan, were you operating under the misapprehension that you're allowed to do shameless commercial plugs on this show? Yes, and I also... <laughs> Want to sell for only nineteen ninety nine? One of my favorite recipes. No, that's not true. <laughs> okay, that's right. not true. <laughs> now, there for a moment, you had me going. Um, okay, but I'll tell you what we will sell is a Genesis Journeys set. We should. People should. I think people. Um, Genesis Journeys. It's four sets. Madam, I'm Adam, decoding the marriage secrets of Eden. Clash of Destiny, decoding the. I should know this by heart. The something the, between the of, of Israel, Israel and, Islam, and Islam, Tower of Power, decoding the secrets of Babel, and the Gathering Storm, decoding the secrets of Noah. And each one is an in-depth Bible study of a certain section of Genesis. That always with practical always. Uh, uh, conclusions and insights that literally could have been stripped from yesterday morning's headline. And uh, it will blow your mind. My husband recorded them, and they are, I, I think they're amazing. 
and I think you will find them amazing as well. Yeah, we love And they're we on really sale this week. So it's a great time so to get them. So RabbiDanielLappin.com, RabbiDanielLappin.com. See you back in just a moment. Here we are back again. I, your rabbi, Rabbi Daniel Lappin, uh, welcoming my wife, Susan Lappin, who is uh, talking about uh, the movie about the abortionist in Philadelphia, Kermit Gosnell, which she just watched uh, yesterday. Uh, so, Susan, um, I, th- there are certain horrific things in the movie, and I, if you could just allude to what they are discreetly, well, and particularly the uh, in, the 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 evidence brought by the female abortionist doctor, and then I I want to ask you to put yourself in the mind of of a, a decent but pro, you know, a woman who for her own principled reasons has decided she wants to be pro-abortion in terms of a national law like Roe v. Wade. Um, how, how does she react to this film you saw? So, firstly, I will say that the movie is rated PG-13, and as I wrote in the musing I wrote last night, I would take that parental guidance, the PG part of PG-13, extremely seriously. I absolutely would not think that a 13 or 14 or 15-year-old should see this unless a parent has seen it first and decided that it is appropriate. I just, it is a disturbing movie. It is, look, it's a mature topic. And there are graphics, while there may not any, be anybody, you know, taking an axe and smashing it into another person, there are disturbing graphics. This clinic was filthy. There were cats wandering around all, all the place. And, and there and are bags products. full of material that was taken out in the clinic that are filled there, if, if that's discreet enough, refrigerators filled with them. and it, It's disgusting. And so... Um, I, I definitely, you know, quite frankly, I wouldn't have watched. I wouldn't. I personally would not have watched if I was nursing or if I was pregnant. I would have felt that it would be too upsetting. However, I think it is extremely important for people who do not like movies with upsetting things, and I am one of them, to watch it because this is this is America, and and it, you know, putting your head in the sand or even is just not good enough. We we do have to know what's going on. And this is not, I do not believe this is limited, quite frankly, to Kermit Gosnell. He may be an extreme example, but because of the power of the lobby and because of their viciousness when you do the slightest thing to oppose abortion or pull back, um, uh, my guess is that there are many more things, places, and abortion clinics where we should be utterly ashamed that they're allowed to run in a country because they are hateful. They are places of hate for women and children. Uh, now, how about... Oh, sorry, I was going to answer your no, other question. I just I say, from what little I've followed, the, um, the callous and cruel treatment to which these women were subjected who came to this clinic, it, it's, just, it's, it's just completely mind-boggling. Exactly, and that's why for good women, I think that's where they would, would start and they'd have to say, wait... Here, I am in favor of abortion because I think that it is the kind, compassionate way to treat women who find themselves pregnant when they don't want to be. Wow, I better step back because could it be that by supporting this, I have been supporting um, taking advantage and abusing women? 
and I think any I think that has to be thought at. And so, and the second thing is, and this to me was one of the most chilling parts of the mo- well, no, sorry, the whole thing was chilling. I'm not going to say that. But as part of the trial, they had a quote-unquote good abortion doctor on the stand, and they asked her a number of questions. So, for example, if there's an instrument, an implement that's supposed to only be used one time, it's a one-time use instrument, do you use them on many patients? Because that's what Kermit Gosnell did. And she said, no, not at all. And so they took her through a bunch of these things, which show that he was breaking the law. And she's, no, absolutely not. She's a quote-unquote good abortion doctor. But then they asked her to describe how she would perform on abortion on a baby of a size that was, he also performed abortions past the legal date. But the legal date was 24 weeks, which today, if you walk into a, a NICU, a, a, ne- a neonatal— for, ben- for the benefit of guys who don't always do the arithmetic so easily, a normal pregnancy runs— About 38 weeks. 38 weeks. So 24 is well over halfway. And if you go into a NICU today, a neonatal intensive care unit, you will see babies mm. of 24 weeks, babies who were wanted and whose parents love them, and they are saving these babies, and some of these babies are growing up— Totally and completely without any um, any any problems. Yeah, some some yeah. of them have serious problems. Look, it isn't a great idea to be born at 24 weeks. But she describes the procedure that she does legally. And I'm sorry, I don't see how a good person can sit there and... And, and not say, wow, that's got to be pulled back. That is, even if you don't believe that a baby has a soul, and even if you don't believe that a baby, a fetus is a life, you can discuss that. And, and I, the, obviously people who believe in abortion don't believe that, because otherwise they would believe in murder. They obviously believe a fetus is not a baby. Fine. But twen- at this stage, is it? We still have, it is legal in places in the United States to murder the baby on its way out of the birth canal. It's called partial birth birth abortion not because the mother's life is threatened and and you have to save one life and you have to pick which life to save but simply because the the abortion lobby is so strong that we haven't even been able to stop that and so i i do think that any good people would come out of this movie saying you know what i've got to be it's got to be clear i cannot be a good person as somebody who is pro-choice unless I insist that these egregious problems get stopped, that we do yeah, pull back the yeah. law. Um, I, I don't think, <clears throat> I don't think that an, an, unless one reads up and really n- se- reads the actual uh, police records of what they found when they went in there, I don't think anybody can imagine, you know, people imagine a sterile room, even if you've uh, never the been police, to a clinic. Also, the movie soft pedals what was going on. Now, the movie doesn't begin to, to lay, f- yeah, you know, lay there the think, complete horror. You know, uh, rooms with white tiles and clear, bright lighting and spotlessly clean. In that context, what was going on for decades in Kermit Gosnell's uh, uh, abortion mill... mill. Uh, is beyond imagining. Um, it makes the, the sort of back alley wire hanger abortion... Uh, an equivalent. Uh, an equivalent. Back in 1987, long, long time ago, um, President Ronald Reagan nominated a great jurist to the Supreme Court. His name was Robert Bork. Do you know 
that within 45 minutes of the nomination, on the floor of the Senate strutted murderer Ted Kennedy, who less than 10 years earlier, I think it was, had literally killed Mary Jo Kopechny. He struts onto the floor of the Senate in the middle of 1987, 45 minutes after the president nominated Judge Bork, and here's what he said. Robert Bork's America is a land in which women would be forced into back alley abortions. Blacks would sit at segregated lunch counters. Rogue police could break down citizens' doors in midnight raids, and school children could not be taught about evolution. Writers and artists could be censored at the whim of the government, and the doors of the federal courts would be shut on the fingers of millions of citizens. Robert Bork's America is a land in which women will be forced into back-alley abortions. Many women were forced into Gosnell's abortion mill because he was, the, he was known, even outside Pennsylvania, people shipped women to him because he would do uh, abortions beyond the legal times, and he, would, he also did abortions on underage girls without parents' permission. He did all kinds of things, and, um, uh, and also against the wishes of the girls in some cases where the parents insisted and, um, and the girls refused. But um, where do we go from here? What? Well, I think it's, you know, look, the fact is that Roe v. Wade is 1973. That's a long time ago. If you go back from the Civil War, you will see that fights about slavery, it's not like we started fighting about slavery in 1958 and in 19, um, 18, sorry, 1858 and in 1861, the Civil War broke out. There were fights and and vicious fights about slavery going on for decades and even going back to the American Revolution a hundred years earlier. The fact that from 1973 to now, this issue not only hasn't gone away, but it's gotten more and more and more contentious is because it's not going to go away. This is a moral issue. This is the American moral issue. Since slavery, this is the next big moral issue. And it's not going to go away because a Supreme Court ruling that is evil, you don't just get to – people are not going to accept it, and that's what they haven't. And in this case, one of the things that's happened is that science is way advanced from where it was in 1973. And so we have a much better – first of all, you can save babies' lives earlier. Secondly, we have a much better idea. We can see visuals of what it is a baby looks like in utero. And so – it's not going away, and this is this is one cannonball in the fight, but there are many people who have made this. I mean, don't you think that it's absolutely amazing when it, that when it comes to a Supreme Court nomination, the only issue, and, and the right kind of, not the right, the Republicans kind of go along, oh, no, we're not going to repeal Roe v. Wade. Of course you have to repeal Roe v. Wade. It's and terrible law. Now, by it the way, was a terrible, explain, immoral law. Explain, that doesn't mean that abortion becomes illegal. Not at all. It, it, becomes, it, it simply goes back means to the state. that each state makes its own decision. And then each state has to still, that's not going to end the fight. And look, as a Jew, I will tell you that, for example, there are, there are instances where an abortion is actually mandated on a, to a Jewish woman. In other words, if a baby is physically threatening the mother's life, sometimes that happens. 
it's not we're not it, it, we don't want to go into catholic theological law which says under no circumstances whatsoever you know, we, we shouldn't talk about catholic we don't know okay i don't catholic. know i just saying that it's it's held as it's i don't think that things that are held up are held up a as a hundred percent extreme i think there's a lot of room to pull back on abortion before we get to the point that there actually could be a moral argument the way it is now there is i'm sorry no moral argument for the law as it stands now yeah um well that's as far as we're going to go on this topic it's uh uh i i didn't want to do i don't want to do a long show on on this because uh there is no way to uh, intensify the horror by talking about it any any more. Um, maybe let's just wrap up with uh, where, your your comments on people seeing the movie. I just really, really do feel that it is an opportunity, and I would sit down first of all if you have children going off to college or, and in many cases, high school where they're going to be fed propaganda. You have any influence, and you do. For example, the, your paycheck, your, your, your uh, checkbook. You have influence over your children. Sit down, take them, watch it with them. Because you, there is so much propaganda, and the other side has so much power to keep people from actually thinking about abortion and what really abortion laws have really done to this country, that I would... I would, if I was a parent and at this point I had a child going off to college, I would say, you want tuition paid? You want any sort of financial help from me? We're going to the movies tonight first. Um, now, you may not find it that easy no. to uh, to see the movie. I think eventually it, it, it may or I don't know if it will be available online. I'm not sure. But I, I think one of the things people have to do now is to request uh, and movie. you can go online to their website. There is a website that, for the movie. The but there's a link thing. to there's a, I give a link to it from my musing last night. Good. There is a link. It will tell you where it is playing. Yes, you can request it. And look, they want the movie to be seen. So if there are groups that get together, I, I imagine that if you want to do this, you will find a way to yeah. do this. Exactly. All right, folks. Um, sorry to uh, sorry to make today's show such a downer in a sense, but. Uh, but, you know, just going back to Je uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30, uh, verse 19, look, we all have before us the choice of life and death, and uh, each and every one of us can enhance our lives by choosing life. And it means choosing life in, in every area of our activity. Can I just add one more thing? <laughs> Sorry. That's not called an addition. That's called an interruption. <laughs> can I interrupt you? Because you're coming in to close it, so then it's yes. over. Yeah, we are. We are. Because I just want to say, look, this, is, it, this whole abortion debate is part of a big, a much bigger picture. It all has to do with family and men and women and morals and religion. It doesn't stand by itself. And it, it's... Um, it is one piece of a very big picture that we have to see is related to everything else. And that was exactly what I was going to say. So with that, <laughs> um, thanks for listening. Thank you for helping get word of the show around. You're doing great on that, by the way. It's really growing, and I appreciate that very much. Uh, wanting to wish you a week of only good times in your faith, your friendships, your family, and your finances. I'm Rabbi Daniel Lappin. God bless. Spilling ancient solutions to modern problems in areas of family, faith, friendship, and finance. 
This is Rabbi Daniel Lavin, On Demand, on the Blaze Radio Network.